guys ready to get in the Word? All right. Praise God. Would you stand to your feet? I want you to open your Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to read two verses here out of the same chapter. Um, We began a series. This is our third week, and uh, you can keep that on the screen there. We talked about the idea that many churches uh, really adhere to one of two forms of theology. There is a, a common form of theology called poverty theology. There's another idea that we typically call prosperity theology. And, uh, and, and I've shared about both of those, how there's, there's good and bad in both of those forms of theology. But what I believe and what I want our church to, to really adhere to is expressed in this single verse right here, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11. And this is what it says. This is the NIV. It says, you will be enriched in every way so you can be generous. Everybody say generous. So you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, I want to go back just a couple verses to verse 6. And this is out of the New Living Translation. But just to put some context into this, this is what I call generosity theology. And this is the way it works. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 says, remember this. A farmer who only plants a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously, everybody say generously, they will receive a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Let me pause right there and just say, I believe that. I believe that verse right there. Today I am talking about giving. It's the first time I've done a series or a message on giving uh, since we've been in Kona in nearly two years. But if you're here today, I don't want you, if you're, I'm a first time guest. Are you pressuring me to give? I'm not. If you don't, I don't want you to feel uh, under uh, compulsion, under pressure, exactly like the Bible says. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need that's good and you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others as the scriptures say they freely give generously to the poor their good deeds will be remembered forever for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat and in the same way he will provide an increase everybody say increase I like that. He will provide and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And here's the verse we've been reading, and you will be enriched in every way so you can be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Wow. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us through his word this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's life, it's light, it's correction, it's instruction. And God, we just invite you even now to speak to our hearts and to change our lives. God, if we have wrong thinking in the, in the area of our giving in terms of generosity, in terms of you as provider, in terms of, of you as supplying everything that we need, I pray that you will help us today. Lord, that you'll speak to us and you will bring us into alignment with what you have, almighty God. We just commit this time for you and I pray now for a great anointing 
anointing to be released uh, across this. Come on, church. Can we just pray for a great anointing to be released in this room? We pray for a mighty anointing just to rest upon this place. We welcome Holy Spirit, your wisdom and revelation to come even now. Sweep across this room. Lord, let an anointing rest upon me that I preach with authority as I ought to and anoint every person within the sound of my voice. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that perceives what you are speaking to us today. We commit this word to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So this is a powerful idea. And guys, I, I really believe that dealing with this idea of money is incredibly important for us. Uh, you understand that this is this is a tool for the kingdom of God. I gave a, an illustration just a few weeks ago, which I stole from Dave Ramsey, and I have no shame about it. But he talked about how uh, the love of money, the love of money, everybody say the love of money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Uh, not money is the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil, but we love it too much. This is why Jesus said uh, um, that to store your treasure in heaven where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Again, he's connecting finances and money. Your heart's the issue. Your love is the issue. Finances, finances are a tool. And this is how Dave Ramsey puts it. He says that you can take a brick you can use it to build a house. You could use it to build a church. You could use it uh, to build a wall. You could use it for something constructive and productive. And it's wonderful. That's a good use. However, you could take, I love having babies in the service. And I mean that. No, I really mean that for real. I, uh, Mama could have stayed home with her baby, but she came to church today. So hallelujah. Um, so praise God. I think grandma just took baby out to give her a treat. But no, for real, if, if anybody ever wonders, if, the ba if a baby starts crying next to you, don't, don't kick them out. Don't say Pastor Jacob hates crying babies because that's not true. I'm glad they came to church today. Amen? So, uh, so money is a tool. My, a, a brick as well could be used uh, not to, to build something wonderful, but a brick could be used to... Lob it at a person, I don't know, break a window. Uh, uh, it could be destructive in nature. You understand what I'm saying? We could use it in one of two ways, and finance is the very same way. Finances can be something that absolutely destroys our lives. Just look at some lottery winners and hear their stories, and you'll see someone who never learned the idea of stewardship and how they self-destruct when they are have the weight of finances that come into their life. However, those who learn to be good stewards and effective, boy, what God can do through their life is absolutely incredible. So we want to learn uh, this whole idea, what it is to be a generous giver. And I was, I was driving the other day, and I had someone, was that an angel? I, okay. Um, I had somebody, a youth, ask me, uh, you know, Pastor Jacob, what is sowing and reaping? 
And I got, I got so excited when they asked me. This was a youth. I mean, they're, they're new to our church. They're new to the church in general. They're like, what is sowing and reaping? And I began to share with them some of these ideas that are in Scripture. You'll notice that even the passage that we read there, he's kind of going back and forth between this illustration of a farmer planting seed and reaping a harvest, but in turn, God also blessing what we give, that what we sow is considered a seed, right? That's why we talk about sowing. Jesus used the same terminology. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture on this today, but if you're taking notes, I've got really four main ideas that I want you to write down. Number one, money is a seed. Money is a seed. And one of the things that I've learned, uh, I, I like sunflower seeds. I don't know if any of you like sunflower seeds, but we had the, the joy uh, when I was a young boy. I'll never forget. My mom got sunflower seeds, and we went into the backyard, and we planted them. And we got to watch these things grow up, and they'd follow the sun as it went out. I mean, it was really cool. And boy, the day that we got to harvest those uh, sunflowers uh, and, and take the seeds off of them, that, oh, that was so exciting. I still remember that. Uh, we seasoned them very poorly. They didn't turn out very great. But, uh, but what was incredible is from one seed came this entire plant and hundreds and hundreds of seeds in, uh, in a single plant. It multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. And this is the same picture of, 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 of seed, our, our money being a seed. Now, this is something that's very common. I mean, how many of you have ever heard a teaching or an illustration about our finances being a seed? How many of you have ever heard a teaching? Most of us. I mean... One out of three offerings probably is dealing with this in just about every single church. But where this became popular was from a man of God, and I, and I really do call him a man of God, uh, by the name of Oral Roberts. I don't know if you have ever heard of him. He was a, a famous healing evangelist, just went to be with the Lord a few years ago. In fact, one of the things I do when I'm getting ready for church is I'll pull up some old black and white Oral Roberts meetings, and he'd sit on a chair and you'd have people come one after another, paralyzed, demonized, and you'd see the most tremendous miracles. This is all on video. You can watch this. And, uh, but Oral Roberts, he begins to share about how he was a young pastor early in his ministry. He was living on a salary of about $55 a week. Praise God. There's a time when my wife and I first started in ministry, we weren't making much more than that in our first. Uh, we made $21,000 a year. Hallelujah. We couldn't do that here. But Brother Oral Roberts, he was, uh, he was so impoverished in this church that he literally was living with another family. And God put it in his heart to begin to raise funds to build a parsonage. So they got a quote for a particular piece of land. And what they end up doing is um, the, the down payment for that property was going to be $800. This is a long time ago, by the way. $800. I can't even imagine. Uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could, yeah, that's our down payment here in Hawaii? Praise God, $80,000 maybe. Uh, so anyway, $800 was his down payment, but the church was very poor and the church was quite small, but the Lord spoke to him. If you will give your entire salary, $55, I will raise the other 
whatever it is, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the $800 that's needed for the down payment for this parsonage. So I don't know if you've ever had the Lord speak to you to give something huge like that, to give everything that you have. But he was wrestling with God. He was crying, but eventually he does. He goes down there and he gives and he shares with the con congregation what his faith uh, giving is going to be that day. And so what ends up happening is he goes home. He had not discussed this with his wife, so his wife was quite upset with him, and they were in the middle of an argument. And as they are talking through this, he hears a knock on the door. He goes to the door, and there is one of the members of his congregation, a man who struggled with alcohol. He had neglected, he was a farmer, he had neglected to plant his seed in his land. And now was, when it was supposed to be approaching harvest time, he hadn't even got his seed in the ground. So he answers the door and this man comes to him. He couldn't sleep. He kept on thinking about what his pastor had done. And so he went out and dug up out of the ground a coffee can that he had buried in the backyard. He took out... And he brought over a wad of cash to Brother Oral Roberts' house, and he handed him four $100 bills. And this is what he said. You want to know where the idea of seed faith and uh, the idea of sowing and reaping are, are contemporary? came from this farmer. He said, Pastor, this isn't money. This is seed. And if I don't sow, I can't get a harvest. This was the first time Oral Roberts had heard anybody talk like that. In fact, this wasn't really a teaching that was sweeping. But then Oral Roberts began to search scripture and found out that the Bible actually talks the very same way. And this is where he began to talk about seed faith coming even out of the book of Genesis. You'll notice that when Noah and his family, they build the ark, they survive the flood. And the very first thing the Lord speaks to them when they get off the boat, Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There'll be cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night. It shall not cease. It was the very first declaration from the Lord, there will be seed time and harvest. Everyone say seed time and harvest. Now this is talking about natural, you know, occurrences, the way the world works, but you'll see, and I'm going to show you, the Bible begins to tie this very same idea, even to the idea of us sowing finances. In fact, this is really special, just so you know, like, um, you know, this is in agreement with what our house uh, believes. There's, I believe it was 1986. I'm almost positive because, praise God, that was a year I was born. It's going to make some of you feel young. It's going to make others feel old. But uh, I was born in 1986, and as I've heard Dr. Morocco tell the story, I believe that was the year they began to do what they called daily seed. Now, at that time, uh, they had not yet moved into the cathedral that they're in now, but they were in a building program. They were beginning to raise funds for that, and every month were coming up short. In fact, there was a time they were about to lose their building, and they had a couple miracle moments where God provided for them. But the Lord spoke to Dr. Morocco, if you will teach the people to sow a seed, not only will I bless them, but you'll pay for your building. And what Dr. Morocco did is he built a, a box and he brought it up to the front of the sanctuary. And every week, in addition to the regular tithes that they would receive, they began to receive what they call the daily seed. 
And he made a personal commitment, him and his wife made a personal commitment to that. Many in the church did, uh, um, essentially to their building program. And as they began to do that, the Lord, faithful as he is, began to meet every single need for their building program. And I'll never forget the first time I experienced this. It was probably 2008 or 9. My wife and I had just begun pastoring in southern Illinois. I felt like Oral This is why the Oral Roberts story connected with me because we pastored a church with a bunch of farmers. Our church was in the middle of a cornfield. Hallelujah. Literally, we bought out like a couple acres in the middle of a cornfield and built a church there. And uh, and so when I was visiting some of Leah's family on Maui, I saw Dr. Morocco do this daily seed thing. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And, and he shared the testimony about how God had paid off and now their building on Maui is debt free. That thing is worth like, I don't know, millions, like 50 million. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's on the most prominent corner in Maui. It's incredible. Debt free completely. And so I heard that story and I'm like, if God could do that for Dr. Morocco, God could do that for us in our little church. We had a 30-year mortgage on on the building and on our parsonage, and they'd been at it by that point in time, I think about eight or nine years, so they still had 20 plus years to go on this thing, but I brought home from Maui this teaching about sowing and reaping and about the daily seed, and we began to institute it in our church. Did you know, within about three years' time, we completely paid off our building, we paid off our parsonage, and we had a burning party. We got to burn that mortgage. Oh, it was so exciting. Wouldn't it be neat if we have a burning party for our mortgage here? I mean, guys, I mean, we could. Now, this is a lot more expensive than what we were, what we were pastoring at that point in time. But, I mean, if God can provide... Million, multi-millions for the cathedral, if he can provide hundreds of thousands for a little church and a poor congregation in Illinois, he can help us pay off our $4 million building. Amen? So, we'll do that again. Praise God. Sowing and reaping works. Sowing seed works. You want to know why? This is the second idea I want you to write down. Because sowing and reaping is God's idea. It's God's idea. Sowing and reaping is God's idea. It wasn't Oral Roberts' idea. It wasn't his congregant farmer idea it wasn't Dr. Morocco or Pastor Jacob's idea this was God's idea this is what the Bible says Galatians 6 7 do not be deceived God is not mocked whatever a man sows that he will also reap in Galatians 6 9 let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. In Mark 4 in verse 30, Jesus said, what shall we liken to the kingdom of God? With what parable can we picture it? It's like a mustard seed. When it is sown in the ground, it's smaller than all the other seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows and it becomes greater than all the herbs. It shoots out large branches so the birds of the air may nest under its shade. This is incredible. By the way, can I give you a bonus point? I think I've got time. Every time I hear people, oh, if I have faith as big as a mustard seed, then I can move a mountain. And my question is, why, why haven't you moved mountains yet if that's all it takes? I, I think that's a scripture taken out of context. I'm going to be completely honest. If you look at the proper translation, it's not faith as big as a mustard seed. Jesus said it's faith like a mustard seed. 
You understand the difference? Not faith as big as, meaning I have tiny faith. No, it's faith like a mustard seed. Well, what is faith like? Faith is like a seed when it is sown. It is smaller than other seeds. Next verse. And when it has grown, when it is sown, it grows. It becomes greater than all the herbs. It shoots out branches so that birds of the air may nest in its shade. So you know what that means? It does not mean that you have tiny faith. No, it means it has faith that you're exercising, that you're using, and it grows. You want to know what mountain-moving faith is? Growing faith. Growing faith. That's a bonus point for you. But that changed my life when I began to understand, how come I'm not walking on water? Anybody ever try and walk on water? You've tried. You've tried. We've all tried. You read the story, and I'm going to try this. I'm at the pool. I'm at the beach. I'm going to try and walk on water. And I fail. Why? Well, okay, I'm I'm getting off track here. Because the Apostle Paul, he said said that it's all faith. If I had all all faith. This is 1 Corinthians 13. If I had all faith that I could move mountains. And this is where people get confused. Like, wait, so is it little faith that Jesus was talking about or all faith that Paul was talking about that moves mountains? They're both correct. You just misunderstood what Jesus said. We need to have growing faith, all faith to move mountains. All right. Back on track. Here we go. What you hold on to if you, have, if you have seed, it's like think about, my, think about my sunflower seed. We could have eaten that, and that sunflower seeds that my, my family and I ate would have become our harvest. But if we sow it, it now has become seed, right? You understand. And we have the same idea. You've got, you've got finances, and we get to decide, is this what I'm going to harvest, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, and I'm going to enjoy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise, or am I going to sow this and allow God to bring multiplication and increase? You realize that everything around us is seed. Like, you are seed. You come from seed. Uh, I mean, literally, one time, at one time, you were daddy's seed. Praise God. But that's graphic. That's just, that's just basic, what, biology. That's just, I mean, that's the way this thing works. Hallelujah. And uh, your seed, I mean, the, the wood that I'm standing on right here, this came from seed. Uh, this carpet was harvested from, I don't know what carpet's made out of, but some kind of plant, I would imagine, that was seed at one time. Literally everything around us is seed in one way, shape, or form. It came from something that was just the way that God has created everything. And whatever you sow, you will reap. Okay, I'm going to ruin another thought for you, okay? You've had a belief system. What you sow is what you reap. This is why I encourage people who are in need of a healing miracle. I encourage them, begin to pray for other people who need miracles. You want to know why? Because what you sow is what you're going to reap. This is why I warn people, oh man, guys, I could tell you stories all day long about people who were unsubmissive, who were rebellious, who left churches, started their own church, and they just think, boy, this is so great and wonderful. But guess what ends up happening down the road for them? They end up seeing people in their church 
who are divisive and unsubmissive and end up splitting their own church sideways. Why? Because what you sow is what you're going to reap. What you sow is what you're going to reap. And so let me just say, I, I've, I've had people over the years, I've never had this in Kona, but I've had people over the years, Pastor, I can't afford to give, so I'm going to serve instead. And that's, you know, that's fine. We accepted their serving, but I just, I, I had to be honest with them. I'm like, listen, I appreciate your heart to serve. But you cannot expect to sow serving and reap financial harvest. I don't sow an avocado seed. We had an avocado tree that grew in our backyard in Lahaina. And I didn't, we didn't sow avocado and expect papaya. You understand? If you want to reap a financial harvest, you must sow a financial seed. I don't know, this is like, this is basic, but I just, people don't, people don't get this. I'm just waiting for God's blessing to flow, and then I'm going to start to give. No, you won't. If you're not faithful with the little that you have, you're not going to be faithful when God brings increase. And look at who God brings increase in the parable of the, of the talents. He, he brings increase to the one who was faithful with what God had given them. Be faithful now. God looked at a poor widow woman who brought two pennies, two mites, or actually fractions of pennies, and said that she is the greatest giver. There was a faithful, impoverished woman of God who was doing all that she could, and Jesus saw it. Jesus saw it. So be faithful with where you're at. I encourage everybody, take steps of faith, challenge yourself in that. Sowing and reaping is God's idea. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, give and it will be given. These are the words of Jesus, by the way. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So we can see all throughout Scripture the basic principle of sowing and reaping Seed time and harvest. Now, some of you, okay, my son, has, I don't, there's, like a, there's like a grace for finance upon him. I don't know what it is. There was a moment we had first moved over here. We were needing to purchase chairs. And so um, I have set up a small like stock investment kind of as a, as a saving and investment for my kids. And I, uh, he had, what, a couple hundred bucks in there. Not quite 200, I think, but, you know, for, uh, how old were you at that time? He was 11. For an 11-year-old to have a couple hundred bucks, that's a lot of money, friend. And so um, we were raising funds for our chairs. And Gabriel says, Dad, could I sell all of the stocks that I have and give all of that money to buy chairs? There's a chance that you might be sitting in a chair that my son purchased right here. Now, what's crazy is my son. He'll always take steps like this. He'll get birthday money, $40. And we'll ask him, like, you know, hey, guys, we're going to go do this or that. Do you have any money? And Gabriel's like, no, I don't have any money. Gabriel, where'd your money go? Oh, I gave it in the offering. All of it. But here's what's crazy. I'm watching my son, like, before the day is done, he gets back in his hand exactly what he gave. It's happened to him over and over. He gave that 
couple hundred dollars, and I know at the time he was praying, he wanted to be able to, to fly, I think, to Texas or something like that. And God provided for him an airplane ticket way more expensive than what he gave in that offering. I'm like watching him. He inspires me, man. He inspires me. I'm like, I need to give, I need to give like that. But here's, we've, we've heard miracle stories like that. But can I point out, there have been times where my wife have given, and we don't see the breakthrough immediately. And that's okay. It's okay. Because you'll notice that promise that God gave to, to Noah for all mankind, there will be seed, time, and harvest. Everybody say time. You know, it takes a little bit for a crop to grow. And what I've noticed is there's been moments where it feels like it's been a little bit of a stretch. Like, God, uh, you know, there's times, I mean, we've had seasons where it's like every week there's blessings coming our way. We're getting stuff in the mail. We're getting promotion. I get invited to speak, get an offering. I mean, it's just like one thing after another, and it's like, God, you are so good. And then there's other seasons where it's like, uh, hey, God, <laughs> you hear? Like, uh, is this thing on? Like, I don't know. Are you guys with me? Do you ever have seasons like this? But I remind myself, there are moments where there is time. There's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. And I've watched after some of those times, there are, I mean, it's, it's, an incre it's incredible the way the Lord blesses. He's never, he's never left us hanging. And my wife even encouraged me. She's like, you know, you need to share some of these. Because uh, last week I shared about our deep poverty. I shared about these weeks where we had $20. We had $40 to our name, and we'd give half of it. And then we would have $20 left over. But, but can, I, can I give you kind of the testimony around some of these things? My wife and I have never had our bills unpaid. Never. I, look, I, I like looking at my, my credit reports because I have, well, this is a different story. Can I give you some financial advice? Don't co-sign with people. Praise God. The only mispayment that I have on my entire credit record is one payment. Years ago, from someone who shall remain nameless, they're not in this church, but they watch the live stream sometimes, so uh, they didn't pay their car payment, uh, and we were trying to help them, and uh, we co-signed, and the Bible explicitly warns against co-signing on other people's debt. So the only mispayment I have on my entire credit record was a lesson of obedience. I now listen to the wisdom of Solomon, and I don't co-sign on people's debt, so don't ask me. But we have never, our rent has never gone unpaid. We never didn't pay our electric or our, our water. We never went on food stamps. We never, you know, we never had to, to do any of those kinds of things. And God has always been faithful. He was always faithful. And so I just got to, you know, encourage us in that. Like, he's been faithful with us. He'll be faithful with you. But one thing we have never stopped is we've never stopped being generous. We've never stopped being givers. We have never stopped tithing. In fact, there's moments like, you know, we, we do Turo every once in a while. And, and I like, do you got to tithe on your business? I don't see that in Scripture. But what I do see is that we are to return of all of the increase 
And so, like, no, I can't find a Bible verse that explicitly says I need to tithe on my business. But you know what I do? I tithe on my business. I tithe on that. In fact, when I get a pay raise or if I get, you know, this is, there's an idea. I'm getting too excited about this. I need to take a breath. There's an idea called first fruits. It's slightly different than the tithe. It's not just returning the first portion, but when I take a new job or when I uh, experience a raise and here's the amount of that increase, what I do, and I feel like this is biblical, it's, it's first fruits. I take the entire first portion of that and I return it to the Lord. Does that make sense? So the first time I got paid for doing Turo, I didn't take my wife out to dinner even though I wanted to. I took that entire first payment and I returned it to the Lord. This is my first, this is the first portion and I tithe on it even after that. I I receive a birthday gift. I receive other blessings throughout all my increase. I take minimum a tithe and I return it to the Lord. I want God's blessing on me in every area, in every way. All right, so there's two ways, and, this, and we'll end with this, but this is simple, okay? So some of you, okay, pastor, I got it. I'm going I'm to start to give. I'm going I'm to trust the Lord. I believe in seed time and harvest and sowing and reaping. So where's the blessing coming from? Anybody ever wonder that? Like you get a prophetic word and like a lot of prophetic words, and like, where do I go to cash this thing in? Like, okay, I got the word now. Uh, Where's this coming from? And so, like, all right, we understand sowing. We understand giving. Now, where are we actually going to cash this thing in? Okay, so don't grow weary in doing good. You will reap a harvest. So there's two primary ways that I see that God is going to bring increase, financial increase to your life. Uh, First of all, this is point number three, or you could say it number one for increase, however you want to organize your notes. God's increase comes through open windows in heaven. God's increase comes through open windows in heaven. Everybody say open windows. This comes out of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Can I just say, I like this first service. You guys are good at talking back to me. I, what did we call it? The, the local vocal. You guys like you talk back. <laughs> I won't say what I call the second service, but I need some of you guys come help those guys how to talk. So the frozen chosen. Somebody, somebody taught me that the other week. That's not mine. I won't tell you who told me that. So, <laughs> oh, man. You know, I spent a lot of time traveling as an evangelist. And, I, man, I go preach in these Hispanic churches. I go preach in African-American churches. And I would just have so much fun because they're shouting me down. They're playing the organ in the background. And then I go to some upper-class white church and, like, you guys awake? Anyway, so I love, I love our local families. I'll just say we learned to talk back. Hallelujah. So, um, God's increase comes through open windows in heaven, open windows in heaven. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says this, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, there may be food in my house. Try me in this, by the way, the only place that we can test God. Don't test him. God, are you going to be patient with me? I'm God, I'm going to test the limits of your grace. I'm going to test the limits of you. Don't do that, friend. 
But he says, test me in this, in the realm of our giving. He says, the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, I will pour out blessings. There will not be enough to receive it. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground. The vine will not fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So, he says he will open the windows of heaven. Now, this is what I believe that that is actually going to look like. I want you to pay attention. It's actually going to come in opportunities, insights, ideas for increase. Opportunities, insights, and ideas for increase. Okay, because think about this. The, the windows of heaven are being opened over us. God is pouring out from the heavenly realm here into the earth. Now, I've never seen checks float down from heaven. I've never seen dollar bills float down from heaven. But what I do believe, well, my wife, my wife does have a story about a hundred dollar bill falling from heaven. Come tell us that really quick. This goes against what I'm preaching, but it's a good story. It does, but it's for real. I was on Molokai. I was eight years old. And I totally believed in giving and tithing. And like my son, I gave everything. And I was so excited. It was probably a couple bucks. But we're driving from Kanakakai to Mauna Loa. And I was just looking out the window. And I saw this thing falling from the sky. And I, as, I, as it came closer, I, was, I said, Mom, 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 stop the car. I see money falling from the sky. And she's like, there's no way. And I said, Mom, I promise. And my sweet mom, I don't know, I, if my kid was eight and was telling me to pull over, I probably wouldn't have. But she did. And I ran out of the car and I reached down and it was a $100 bill. And I was tripping out. I'm like, God, are you for real? So you know what I did? I said, Mom, I know we just came from Kanakakai and we're going to Mauna Loa. And that's a drive to live on an island. But I said, can I use this $100 to bless all the kids in our neighborhood with pizza? And so my mom, she was so sweet. She said yes, and we had a pizza party. But money does fall from the heavens. But anyway, get back to your point. So open windows of heaven is opportunities, it's insights, it's ideas, and maybe money falling from the sky on Molokai. I don't know. So... But here's what I want you to consider, because I've, I've watched individuals as they're walking through their life, they, they're, they're tithing and they're giving, and, you know, their boss comes to them and says, hey, I, I, I want to promote you. It's going to come with a raise, and they're like, well, I, you know, I don't know if I want to take that. It's going to be more responsibility. I'm just going to hold out for the Lord's blessing. <laughs> yeah, you know... You guys have all heard that parable about the guy who's drowning. Do you all know this? So, so yeah. So let me, this isn't a Bible parable, by the way, but it's a, it's a commonly told parable. There was a storm that came to a small town, soon turned into a flood. As the waters began to rise, this version I saw was a local preacher. We'll stick with that. The local preacher kneels on his porch on, uh, for prayer, surrounded by water. And someone in a canoe, or I like Jonathan's, someone on a jet ski comes by. And they say, better get in, preacher, the waters are rising fast. No, says the preacher, I have faith in the Lord, he will save me. 
The waters continue to rise. Now the preacher's on the balcony crying out in prayer. When another guy comes by, we'll say on a canoe, that's Hawaiian, right? Come on, preacher, we need to get you out of here. The flood is rising. And once again, the preacher unmoved says, I will remain. The Lord will see me through. After a while, the preacher is found clinging to the steeple of the church. And the preacher's up there clinging to the cross when a helicopter comes by out of the clouds. And a trooper calls out on the megaphone, grab onto the ladder, preacher. This is your last chance. Once again, the preacher insists that the Lord will deliver him. Predictably, he drowns. The pious man goes to heaven, and when he's there in an interview with God, he asks the Almighty, Lord, I was unwavering in my faith towards you. Why didn't you deliver me from the flood? And God shakes his head. What did you want from me? I sent you two boats and a helicopter. So I want you to understand. You guys all get the application of this. I want you to understand There are times that, no, it's not a check in the mail. No, it's not a Pentecostal handshake. You know what a Pentecostal handshake is, right? Someone takes some money, put it in their hand. They go, shake your hand, and uh, that's a Pentecostal handshake. I "I like being Pentecostal. Hallelujah. It's not always going to come that way. But you may have a dream, and God gives you an idea. You may have your boss come and offer you a promotion. Uh, You you may have, I I don't know, you know, it's an idea. It's an opportunity for God. You know, you have an opportunity to purchase a home before it hits the market. God opens opportunities for you, and we need to recognize. We need to pray, God, give me discernment to recognize when you're opening the windows of heaven in my life. Now, here's the last one. God brings increase through other people. God does bring increase through other people. So, you know, that's, that's the Pentecostal handshake territory. That's checks in the mail territory. That's where, in fact, Jesus said, given it will come back to you, good measure. This is Luke 6, 38. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. Someone will sow it into you physically. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The New Living Translation says, give and you'll receive. Your gift will return in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Those words are in red. I don't know where we, can I be honest with you? Preparing for these messages have been some of the easiest messages preparing. Why? Not only have we walked it out, But the Bible has more to say about this topic than anything else. I could just like pick from 900 different verses in the the realm of stewardship. There's so much. The amount you give determines what you will get back. And, And look at this phrase. Your gift will return in full. You cannot outgive God. You you can't outgive God. Try. Try to outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Well, what we're going to do now, could I maybe, yeah, let me have the worship team come. And I felt like we, we needed to pray for a couple things specifically. We're going to give, but I, I really felt like we needed to be intentional in, in some, some prayer this morning. And so we're going to do that. If, uh, in fact, 
if my ushers could come around right now, we're going to take a moment to sow. And we're going to believe for God's blessing to reap as well. If you want to text to give or to give online, that's fine. If you need an envelope, just raise your hand. You can return your tithe. Maybe you've already returned your tithe. If you'd like to give uh, towards our building program, maybe you want to designate something to missions. Maybe you'd like to give towards youth. We've got right here as well. Ushers up front as well. Thank you. Just begin to prepare your gift. One of the things that I like to do is um, there are times where my wife and I are believing for something very specific. God, would you help us pay for this trip? Would you help us? You know, we want to we want to purchase a home. And there's moments where we're believing for something particular, and I'll write that on the envelope, or I'll write it in the memo. I like to text to give. My wife is a envelope giver. She likes to have something physical. Um, but we write declarations, we write promises that we're believing for the Lord to, to fulfill on those envelopes. And so you may feel led to do the same thing. It's neat, our finance department in Maui sometimes will message us, hey, we saw your prayer request, we're believing with you. You know, we got a spirit-filled group of people on, in our finance office. I mean, it's amazing. These aren't just admins. Hallelujah. I felt this morning we needed to pray for a couple things in particular in regards to our finances. Um, I want to pray. First of all, I want to pray, and I'm standing for this one as well. I want to pray for those who you do not own a house, but you're believing, God, I would like to be able to own a house. Would you empower me to own a house? If that's you, would you stand right now? If you're believing God to give you a house, we're going to pray one for another right now. Okay? And I'm standing for this. Now, if, you, uh, if you're sitting, that means you already own a house or you're not, you know, that's just not one of your uh, goals. That's fine. Uh, I want you, if you're, if you're not standing, I want you to pray for these who are standing we're believing for a home right now. So, Lord, right now I just lift up every person within the sound of my voice. These who are believing for homes, they're believing God. Here in Hawaii, almost every home, it's a, it's a miracle. So, Lord, there may be job increases, opportunities, raises that need to happen. It may be a moment, Lord, where somebody gives a home or maybe we see something pre-market. It's a great deal. Maybe it's a friend who sells us or, God, however you do it, but I just, I declare over the people of God, even as we faithfully give and we steward what you've entrusted to us, God, you're giving us homes. You're giving us homes, even homes that we did not build, even homes that we did not purchase. You're giving us homes, Lord. And so we believe for that. We believe for your increase. We believe for that in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, I want to pray for another thing, and uh, I see most of us have have begun to stand, and that's fine, but um, I'm not going to make you come up to the front, but how many of you have have some debt that you would just, I want to see the Lord eradicate all debt in my life, okay? That's a number of us, yeah. And uh, can we, again, just the very same way, 
Can we just agree with those who raised their hand a moment ago right now? Lord, your word says that you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. And God, I just lift up everyone, whether it's student or medical or credit card, whatever. Lord, some of it we did with good intentions. Others, we made poor decisions. But I ask, Lord, if we made bad decisions, if we've been bad stewards, forgive us. But, Lord, I ask you to deliver us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, may we carry the testimony that we have had debt eradicated out of our lives, that we're not, we are not slave to the lender any longer, Lord Jesus. Your word says that there would be a day where we would be the lender, not the borrower. We would be the one who would help empower others, Lord Jesus, and we're not slave to uh, the lender. And so, Lord, we just pray even over your people that you would lift that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray. I want to pray. You know, we had an awesome, we had a number of people who were laid off work over the course of COVID. And I prayed with one couple just recently. Three times they applied to get finances that were due them because they had been laid off of work because they chose. They didn't want to be vaccinated. Their workplace didn't appreciate that. So they were laid off. So they applied, they applied, they applied. And they came to me about a month ago and said, Pastor, would you pray? We're going to try this one more time. And they, we prayed and God, I mean, you want to talk about men sewing into your bosom, Brother Biden, I don't know how that works, but, uh, but they ended up getting approved for all of that entire year that, that she in particular was out of work. I mean, tens of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars that came their way. And so, I don't know if there's anybody you would consider this is like a legal thing. This is a justice thing. I've got money that's due me. I've got a home that, that, that's supposed to be mine. I have something that, that the government is holding up, and I'm just believing that they're going to release that. Is that. Does that fit anybody else in, in this place? Yeah, yeah, back there. Okay, there's a few of us. Okay, I want you to join your faith with these who are praying now. Lord, we just do. We lift up each and every one of these. We pray, Lord, the releasing, the loosing of finances, God, whatever it is, Lord, We believe that you will be just, that you will do right, almighty God. Lord, whether it's in the courts or whether it's in the IRS or whether it's in some political uh, realm, Lord, whatever it may be, we ask, Lord, that you would move on behalf of your sons and daughters, that which has been held captive, that which has been delayed, we ask you to release it even now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to have my wife pray on this last one. She's got some of the craziest giving stories. And we're going to pray over, uh, you know, just before we come and we bring our our tithe and our offering. But, uh, Leah, I want you to pray for that crazy favor. Whatever you feel led in this. But can I ask us all to stand now if you're able? And and let's just, I, I want my wife to pray that the very same favor that's on her life be upon all of us so come on come on if you want to receive this right now just lift your hands to heaven lord just as your word says how there's those open windows right above us in heaven god i just i just activate i release that favor lord that you've placed upon us that We never go without. We never lack. You are with us. I just ask that you would do that for everyone in this room that desires that, Lord God. Let them see your crazy faithfulness in their lives. 
You're a God, you're a father that loves to provide for his kids. If we would just make room, Lord, we will work hard. We will be, be diligent with what we have. But God, I know you love to surprise us. So today, in Jesus' name, I just pray blessing, increase, and crazy favor upon your people, upon your bride. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, ushers, would you come and put those right here? And um, we're going to worship for a moment. But if you've prepared a gift and you're ready to give that, I just want you to begin to step out. And let's bring that gift before the Lord now.